Welcome to Weed Week. I'm Alex Hopper. And I'm Donnell Alexander. This is the Weed Week podcast. You can subscribe to our free newsletters, Weed Week, Weed Week Canada, and Weed Week California, all at weedweek.net. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Weed Week News. Subscribe and review or like our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Castro, or any of the popular platforms. Our guest this week is Tammy Pettigrew who some of you may remember from episode 49. Tammy's an educator and a parent who, on Instagram as the Cannabis Cutie, dispenses practical weed information to more than 15,000 followers. Oh, man. I, I can't imagine being holed up with, with kids under these circumstances. It must be yeah. so hard. And we, we talk about that a bit on, on, the, on the interview. She, she talked about it very nicely, I thought. I think for her, uh, yeah, the social media category in some ways is her best uh, way of communication. I mean, some people are born for it, some people aren't. And I actually had to have a conversation with her about whether her, um, her, her Instagram life is as fun and bucolic as it looks, you know. And of course she admitted, no, life never looks like social media really when you drill down on it. So, so what does her Instagram life look like? She's the cannabis cutie. And, you know, you see there's a, there's a real educational component to it. But when she talks about her kids, it's in a, a very real way, you know, and um, I think she's interested in normalizing it, but also educating. You know, it's interesting. She's she's acting as an educator, but she's someone with an MBA. She's someone who's thinking long terms about how this plays out. And so, actually, I reached out to you about some guests and some guests who had just exorbitant amounts of followers and they lacked substance, you know? So when you're getting to the Instagram realm, you don't really see that many of them. I'm glad there's one in the parenting sphere. But first, let's talk about a little bit about the situation in California, which we, we think largely re probably reflects the situation in, in much of the country, um, which is that the industry is largely cut out of federal relief packages. And even in California, where lawmakers and regulators are, are relatively sympathetic, things are really at a standstill. And it, it's really hard for the industry. Very specifically, there's an Assembly Bill 1948, which was put forward by Rob Bonta, a Democrat from Oakland. And people had so much hope invested in this bill as a form of tax relief. We learned this week that that bill is not going to see the light of day anytime soon. It's not just that one bill. That bill, you know, has a, had a lot of heft to it. But the calendars, the differing calendars between the Assembly and Senate means that nothing cannabis related is bound to happen in 2020. At the same time, as, as our business columnist Dan Mitchell recently wrote in Weed Week, he quoted Amanda Ryman of, of Flotana, who essentially said, in some ways, COVID is a positive development for the industry in that it forces an end to the hypocrisy, which is essentially that the industry can't be both essential and illegal. And, and therefore, some sort of progress becomes necessary. Yeah, well, that's profoundly true, that statement. But we can't get away from the fact that we have a legislative session that was supposed to be about systemic progress that's now just going to be about getting by and nothing really changing immediately. Let me ask you a question coming out of that. In terms of industry leadership and getting to this phase where we're not just uh, having a sustained period of losses, who's going to be the leader in that? Or is it going to be 
a politician who proposes legislation that gets us passed and lowers taxes and simplifies our um, rules in California and these various states? Or is the le- industry going to provide leadership? Is there are, th- are there avenues? Are there lobbyists who are making a kind of difference in terms of how this essential industry, how it gets to play out in American commerce? I mean, there certainly are lobbyists agitating in, in various ways for, for the industry's needs, but it seems like it's going to be a bit of a slog because everything is sort of at a standstill. I just don't see that many people who are going to be able to sustain another year or two of stasis of the status quo. I think everybody agrees there are going to be a lot of casualties. So that's the business. We should talk about what we've been going through in these interiors of our walls, our homes. Let's have a conversation about parenting in the COVID-19 era with our guest, Tammy Pettigrew. Tammy Pettigrew, the Cannabis Cutie. Welcome back to Weed Week. Thank you for having me. Yeah, welcome, Tammy. I want to start with a very specific question that's been in my head. You were on episode 49 and you dropped a Bible verse. Do you remember that verse? I do, yes. Genesis 1 30. Okay. And, and what is that verse? Um, then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit in it. We talked about your conversations with Christians, and I'm curious to know how that's changed over the past year. Um, I would say it's been about the same. Uh, people are kind of appreciative to hear a perspective um, about this plant because now they're seeing the benefits and they're understanding it's not an evil Uh, So I would say it helps, especially people who are strong in their Christian faith to kind of come to terms with this is beneficial for me. Mm -hmm. So you don't feel like anything's changed now that we're under quarantine? Um, As far as people like choosing opening up to it. Yeah. Open it being available to it. Um, Yeah, I think so. Um, People need some kind of assistance right now. This is you know, not anything anyone was prepared for. And I think a lot of people don't want to be drunk every day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. I'm going to turn it over to Alex after I ask this last question. And all of this is sort of predicated on that Genesis verse, because I think of all the uncool things, quote unquote, uncool things we can talk about in cannabis. That's one of the more important ones. The other one is parenting and cannabis and i feel like just from following you on instagram and talking to you in real life you have a very specific uh take on that and how has that changed since you were on in episode 49 um i think it's changed in a sense that i've been much more open to talking to my kids about what it is that i do and my cannabis use Why? Um, and especially during quarantine i would say Um, now that I'm about to plant my, um, outdoor flowers or my outdoor plants that I do want to teach my child how to also grow her own medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's important for them to know how to grow their own food as well. So, um, I would say that's shifted, uh, quite a bit since we spoke. 
Any particular reason? Um, yeah, kids know when you're lying to them, I mean, especially my children. Um, when it comes to any question that they ask about childbirth, <laughs> pregnancy, they know when I'm not telling the truth. So uh, I knew that this was something that I would rather be open about it and honest instead of kind of lying to them. It's not a very healthy dynamic dynamic between parent and child. You live in, would it be fair to say, like a, a fairly affluent milieu in Orange County? Yes. What are what kinds of conversations are are you having with other parents? Um, you know, I always am fearful when I talk to parents about it, but for the most part, I would say the overwhelmingly majority of them are really open to it and it's kind of a good time for them to then ask questions that they have, you know, oh, I hear it's really good for sleep. What can you tell me about that? And they've been very uh kind about it. Let me try this COVID issue from a different angle. How has your cannabis consumption changed since we've been on quarantine? Um, I would say I have been open to more edibles. Right. Um, I prefer flour. That's just kind of how I started and just what I love. But being mindful of the fact that the coronavirus is a respiratory illness I do have asthma and I do kind of need to play it safer when it comes to thinking about my general health. So I have been trying to consume different cannabinoids in different ways through um, tinctures, teas, and edibles. So how does a parent gauge whether they're consuming too much pot? I assume edibles have changed the game in terms of how you can have them and, you know, when, but just, it seems like it would be an issue more than ever right now. Yeah, I mean, definitely microdosing is the key. You don't want to consume too much to the point where you're passing out. That's, you know, in some places would be considered negligent. So making sure that you're properly measuring your edible consumption, unless it's towards the end of the night and everyone's going to bed soon, um, you have to really be mindful. You have to be sharp. There's still children. Anything can happen and you have to be all the way ready for that at all times. You've got a bunch of different businesses. How has the the pandemic affected them? Um, I would say for me, it's kind of actually helped. You know, I have two kids that I'm shoveling to practices and school. So I'm constantly driving all day long, it seems. Um, but now with everything kind of stopped, I'm able to actually focus, um, set schedules, meet those demands without, you know, all of the hustle and bustle of, you know, motherhood and extracurricular activities. Can you tell us a bit about what you're working on? Um, so right now I actually am building out my cannabis cutie education courses. I'm doing it on a teachable platform where I'm catering to the uh, millennial woman who is an entrepreneur and needs to either educate herself on cannabis science, history, and laws. Because if you're going to be a cannabis business, I believe you also need to advocate for the plant. Um, and then just in general, not many people had access to higher education like myself. I have an MBA and I have an undergrad degree um, in business. So I want to be able to translate all of those fundamental ideas and theories to them to help them really um, gauge what it is they need to know to run a successful company. And during the COVID pivot, I think it's essential right now. As somebody with an MBA, a lot, a lot of people are saying that COVID is sort of accelerating the professionalization of the industry. Is that is that something you agree with? 
I think so. Yes. Well, this industry, if you think about the, you know, the past, what has happened with this country when something like this has happened, we've had to create jobs. We've had to create industry. So really, I think the cannabis industry has to position themselves for the future. We're going to need something to fall back on and we're going to need to generate revenue to kind of get ourselves back to where we were or close to it. And um, right now is a great time for us to get it together. I think, you know, that was already in motion, but I think COVID is accelerating it. When you mentioned things like this before that have happened and there being a reaction like this, uh are you talking about wars? Because clearly, you know, there's not been anything exactly like this. Yeah, the New Deal, um, creating jobs in the New Deal, and then also um, the 2008 package as well. Mm-hmm. So we have to do something to get ourselves back out. And I think this industry, I mean, it's already in existence. Federal um, legalization is a possibility. We're also contending with the legislative slowdown in, in both Sacramento and probably across the country just because COVID has taken over everything in state houses. So that's an issue to contend with. I wanted to just take it back a little bit. Well, maybe this is a hybrid question about you and your your daughter and growing. I assume you're not out at the beaches in Orange County protesting for your right to gather there. No, not at all. (laughs) Okay. But your outdoors is growing, or at least that's part of it. What are you doing? And is that just a philosophical thing you're trying to pass on, or is it a lifestyle professional thing down the road? Where do you look at growing in terms of a family unit? Um, I look at it from a lifestyle perspective. I mean, this is... She's going to learn how to make creams for, you know, our skin and for pain. And she'll see me making, you know, medicine in the kitchen. So for it's more a lifestyle thing. You know, I don't want to push the business onto my child, but absolutely for her own benefit. She knows how to do this for herself in the future. There's been a lot of talk about how people are sort of reaching back to skills we no longer use and just making things we no longer make. And it's interesting mm-hmm. to hear that about that happening with cannabis. Do you have other friends and colleagues who are doing similar things? You know, I have um, followers that send me pictures of their kids um, trimming cannabis or um, they already have the noses to kind of detect what terpenes are in the flowers. Um, and I just thought it was so beautiful. Um, you know, I have removed the stigma from the plant, but I guess I hadn't done it for my children. And seeing these people be open enough to share this experience with their family and really just educating their child the proper way before the public can um, really inspired me. We should clarify that we don't endorse cannabis use by those under 21. Certainly learning about the plant and just I think having a garden in some ways is a really nice thing to do right now. Absolutely. When we were at at the Wheaties, I think the last uh, cannabis event around, I met a family, actually a mother and daughter from Colorado. We were talking about the industry and her daughter is working in the fields up north. And I thought, I don't know if I'd want my daughter, as a very young looking adult young woman, but I thought I'm not really sure I'd want my daughter working in that industry. What do you think about, I mean, not so, not because of cannabis, but because as I understand it, and I don't know if we get to talk about these things on the Weed Weed podcast, not everyone's just smoking pot when you get into like, you know, growing and all that and trimming and that sort of thing. Um, would you want your kid to go into the industry? Kids going into the industry? Would you want your kids going in? Um, as long as they were properly educated. 
I mean, my kids know that this is not good for their brains and it won't be good for their brains until they're done developing. My five-year-old can tell you that. Um, Mm -hmm. I think you're properly educating that. Um, But again, um, I think maybe also handling non-THC plants would probably be ideal. Just like um, serving alcohol, you have to be 21 to do that. Uh, So I think that there needs to be limits if they're going to be dealing with parts of the plant that are uh, psychoactive. Yeah, I definitely feel like uh, people who are 18 ought to be able to work with CBD. Yeah. What's something you're looking forward to in the next couple of months? I think now it, the world is beginning to open again and, and that's exciting, but it's also a little scary. But what are you, what are you excited about? Um, I'm excited. Well, one for the industry, I'm excited to see uh, kind of the change. There, there's definitely going to be some new brands, I think, popping in. Um, I'm kind of wondering what's going to happen with the brands that were already on that thin line. Um, and then just... For myself, I'm excited to see kind of what the world is going to be like post-COVID. I know there's no way it can be the same. So that's what I'm most curious about and excited to see how we operate as a society. We talked a little bit about this off mic just before we got started. But, you know, there are some impacts that people are going to be having. I heard this amazingly weird thing that men around the country. Alex, tell me if this is happening for you because it's happening for me. Men around the country are having... um, problems with their hips, painful hips right now. And, you know, I'm thinking about like our sense of space. And obviously, we're not going into restaurants the same way or movie theaters and ball games and all that stuff afterwards. Are there things we're going through right now that are striking you as remarkable in terms of um, how we're going to come out of it? We're going to come out of this differently? Oh, man. Well, I, I'm, I'm grateful that I don't have painful hips. Uh... <laughs> they might put me down. <laughs> But, you you know, I I think things are going to be different. I just don't know how. I feel like I think there's an opportunity for us to reorient ourselves in in important ways. And and I hope that happens. Well, can I ask this thing about where we are right now? It's it's impossible to have people tell the future. But I've been hearing a lot about spousal abuse under these circumstances because there is a tension and depression and all of that. do you see that cannabis has a place in that part of dealing with this crisis that we're in right now? Do I see that? Um, yeah. Cannabis helping domestic violence issues? I mean, in, in solving it, or is it? could it possibly be a cause? Uh, what do you think its role is in that? Uh, you know, I'm unsure because t- typically you don't see a cannabis user consume cannabis and then become violent. Uh, th- and that's not to say that that doesn't happen, but I also you know, don't believe that cannabis is going to stop anything, uh, you know, toxic behavior either. So (laughs) I don't know what role, if any, it plays um, in that. But I think a lot of situations are coming to highlight. I think a lot of people are now kind of figuring out, you know, is the way that I'm living my life beneficial for me? I think this crisis is highlighting that for a lot of people and situations. And I hope that cannabis can help them through that. Yeah. I, I was really actually a little surprised to hear you say that you don't think it can stop toxic behavior. Is you think that in all contexts? Um, I think that has to be a rewiring of the behavior. <laughs> um, I don't think cannabis can solve. Uh, you have to get to the root of why something is happening. And when you figure out why it's happening, then you can stop it. I do believe that cannabis can help in the moment. 
but I don't think it's going to fix the root of the issue. And that's kind of where uh, we have to be careful with assuming that it's going to fix our problems. It's absolutely great at helping with depression or anxiety or um, certain feelings, but it's not going to take them away completely. That's going to, that's work that you have to do internally. So it's not just that Mike Tyson's smoking lots of pot. It's that Mike Tyson is using cannabis and he went to a therapist. Do you have a cannabis highlight from this period? A cannabis highlight? Yeah. You know, I've just been having fun eating edibles. You almost just forget that you eat them. And then when you start to feel (laughs) your microdose, you're like, oh, wow, I'm happy. I can, you know, I can get through these fractions and multiplication in third grade today and survive. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe we need to give teachers raises and microdoses. You know, I really did want to buy my teacher's daughter a case of wine or whatever she wanted after the first week of homeschool. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's funny that's become a cliche that everyone talks about it but i think about it my kids are all too old for that now and um i'm so glad that didn't happen when my kids were young I, it been. <laughs> listen um we're gonna go i want to thank you for coming on friday to our freezer stash episode on instagram live oh yeah it was such a blast yeah and if that doesn't work out we're not using it <laughs> but <laughs> you were terrible um <laughs> But um, I I know you have an ongoing bunch of posts and insights and educating to do. Um, Thanks for making time for us. Yeah, thank you again for having me. It's always a blast talking with you both. Thanks, Tammy. That's our show for this week. If you'd like to give us feedback, go with hello at weedweek.net. But before you begin that project, here's Alex with an especially relevant insight from Twitter. So this tweet comes from at Olivia Wilde. And the tweet is, if you've never been snuck up on in the dark by your child while you stoned listened to a true crime podcast, you don't know fear. (laughs) Stoned listened. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, well, you know, this pandemic is creating all sorts of new realms of human experience. And that's one of them. Yesterday, I saw something from Tommy Chong where he said the, the face of cannabis today is an old white lady going to sleep at night, getting a little help from weed. And I think he can add that because that's a stereotype. We can also have young white mothers listening to podcasts. (laughs) Um, But yeah, seriously, we talked a little bit about how changes in behavior are going to result from us being quarantined for such a long time. And yeah, maybe getting stoned and listening to podcasts will be completely normalized. All right. Sounds pretty normal to me. (laughs) Well, you're on Weed Week. You're the host of Weed Week. You're not very normal. (laughs) Anyway, let's get out of here, dude. All right. Make sure you enter our weekly contest to win an autographed copy of my book, The Cannabis Dictionary, which Forbes was nice enough to call one of the most recommended books about weed. You can enter by signing up for one of our weekly newsletters free at weedweek.net. Subscribe, review, and like our podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or wherever it is you happen to be hearing us. I'm Alex Halperin. And I'm Donnell Alexander. Our show is produced by Donnie Alexander and engineered by Larry Buell. Alicia Beyer wrote our theme music. We'll see you again here next week. Peace. Peace.